welcome to the Breaking Wax Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Breaking Wax Podcast. I'm Don, and this is Season 2, Episode 13, and today I have Matt Shorts with FCG Grading, um, also known as Forensic Card Grading, right? Yes, sir. It, it took me, I don't know why, I was having like a hard time with the FCG. Like I kept saying like forensic card grading company. And then I was like, no, it's just forensic. Right. Right. So how, I guess, um, I guess just to jump off the bat, you, is there anything you want to say or uh, uh, first introduce off, yourself? Thank you for having me on. And thank you for anybody who's tuning in. I appreciate that. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar, we, uh, we went live in July. Uh, of 2020, uh, 2021, and uh, we're making pretty good headway in the market. Um, and I'm sure we'll touch on a lot of the stuff, but you know we're focused on accuracy, consistency of the grading, and uh, service, and combining those three things and doing everything as transparently as possible while we do it. That's awesome, I, and I really appreciate you coming on um, just to talk to with me. Like, uh, so like for me, I'll just be complete transparency, like. Beckett was my favorite slab, right? For me as a collector, um, PSA is like somewhere in the distant. PSA is like a necessary evil almost. And I and during the pandemic when they shut down, I was really rooting for another company to come in and take that third spot or take market share from them. Um, and it seemed like there's a lot of different companies. And I've asked a bunch of companies if they want to come on and just talk on the podcast about the background, how all this came about, you know what I mean? And I'm, and I'm still rooting for whoever that's going to be. I don't know who that is. Um, I feel like there's some, some good candidates out there to take over that spot. But, uh, and then, and I appreciate you sending me a slab to look at too, while we're doing the podcast. Sure. Okay? Cause I've never seen one in, in person. Um, yes. I've been to a couple. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, they're a little bit different in, in person as you'll see then in pictures. and stuff like that. Okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna open this as we're talking. But what? So what's your background? Um, is it? Are you someone that's always been in the hobby, or do you have another profession? So I've been a collector. I mean, like most, since I was a kid. Uh, I mean, five years old. Um, right. By profession, uh, I'm a mortgage banker, uh, mortgage okay. originator. And um, when the grading pipeline kind of rose and stopped, you know, I found myself as a collector without an outlet. And not not every card. Some of them do, you know, just by a two hundred dollar grading. Uh, goal was buy the hobby with an affordable outlet where they didn't have to sacrifice the the accuracy of the grading. And right. we didn't want to push the labels. That that was you know the furthest thing from what we were looking to accomplish. As a collector myself, I collect cards, and I, I want again to put out a consistent accurate source where people could trust it would be done properly right and and i uh to be fair i didn't do a ton of research on fcg prior to you I, I did get on the website and saw that you guys offer fast service so there's only one service level it's a 10-day turnaround correct correct so we don't upcharge based on value uh there's no charge for autographs subgrades are included uh, we also do something a little bit different it goes along with our theme of transparency uh, any subgrade of nine or lower automatically gets a grading note sheet from the grader detailing how that subgrade was arrived at. So okay. you're sitting there twisting and turning in the light, trying to figure out, you know, what, what caused that sub, uh, you know, exactly what caused it. And uh, the 10 days is from door 
here, you get an email confirmation the day the cards arrive, uh, grades by email within about two to three days, another three to four days for slabbing, labeling, and cards are on the way home. That's awesome. That, I mean, that's quick too. And I, I did watch a, a couple of your YouTube videos prior to this of the, uh, the magnifying glass, the computer screen, and how you guys do it. Um, and I actually appreciate the video of the, the card trimming one because, uh, you know, anytime there's money involved and the hobbies just exploded, you know, we saw a correction the past couple of months, six to eight months, right? Um, people are always looking to cheat, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I watched the card trimming video of the, the Chrome Brady rookie, and I, I thought it was great how you guys explain, you know, the cut yeah. from manufacturer and then the trimming. Yeah, we, we obviously didn't slab it, um, but the purpose of that video along with the others is to give guys in the hobby and girls in the hobby a look at, you know, not only what goes on, but as much information as possible so they want to know what to look for on their end as well. Right. Um, so how, how did this come about for you? Uh, out of complete frustration. Right. Uh, I'm a, a decent collector. Uh, I specialize in Bowman Chrome. And uh, again, you know, I'm not knocking these other companies because until you put yourself in their shoes and you're hit with millions of cards out of the blue, you don't know how you're going to react. So to knock them, n no, far from it. But, you know, as a consumer and a hobbyist, I, I wasn't going to pay $250 for a card. Right. Uh, and we had, I don't want to, I don't even know how to put it. Because uh, it wasn't about the opportunity. Obviously, right. there was in the market for somebody to step in and yep. provide a, a you know a, an affordable source but the driving factor behind fcg was the affordability and the consistency because with the upshot in prices to grade you know you started to see a lot more inconsistency in the grades themselves right and and again you can't knock them for that when you're trying to keep up with the volume and you're having to hire and hire and hire and train you know that type of stuff is expected so, but it doesn't mean that we as hobbyists and collectors have to tolerate it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. No, uh, I, I, I hear you a hundred percent. And I just, I've found, um, just getting back into the hobby the last three years that collectors are, they're snobs. Uh, you know, they like, they really like what they like and it's hard to break in and, and do something new like you're doing. Um, what, what's the volume like for you guys right now? Two weeks basis as far Our as biggest week last week i think it was close to about 1400 cards uh average week i don't know probably in that 500 to a thousand range at this point okay uh, but everything we've done is word of mouth uh, we really haven't done any advertising to this point intentionally um i want to make sure that we grow the business uh, and keep demand in line with supply as well I don't think flooding the market with slabs is the best way to go about doing it. Um, that doesn't do good for the people that are grading with us and protecting values for them. Um, we're in it for the long haul. We understand it's a marathon and uh, slow and steady in this case is, is how we're going about it. So I got you. Think yeah, it, overstaffed it, is what we want to do. How, how many people are, are working at FCG right now? So we have six full-time graders uh, and there's 10 of us in total. So between the labeling team, the grading team, uh, the slabbing and shipping, uh, all together. But six graders, uh, we're a little bit overstaffed uh, on the grading side, but that's what keeps us in a position where we're able to turn the grades out in, you know, right. one, three days. So, 
So are, are you one of the graders as well, or are you just kind of overseeing the day-to-day stuff? No, so I, I own and operate FCG. I have absolutely nothing to do with the grading. Uh, we've got a grading manager um, and then five graders, uh, and then we do QC of every card, whether it's a $5 card or a $50,000 card, it doesn't matter. Every card gets QC'd uh, before it goes to labeling and slabbing. Okay. So uh, how did you come up with uh, your label and your slab? Because, like, so I, I have a... A PSA slab here, and they're pretty similar um, as far as the shell goes. So the label itself, originally, what we were going to do is brave the labels. We wanted it to right. be a little bit different. We didn't want to take away from the card itself, um, but we thought a little bit different. So we'll do the laser engraving. Uh, after a lot of testing, uh, metal does not do well with the plastic with the um, sonic welders. So. At that point, we had already put out test slabs and stuff like that, and people kind of knew what our stuff looked like. Um, so we stuck with the color scheme because when you're laser engraving, there aren't very many color scheme options. Uh, right. So we stuck with the black and the gold, um, and we just wanted a you know just a clean classic look. That, again, didn't take away from the card itself, uh, but looked nice, you know. But the focus we wanted it to be on the accuracy and the consistency of the card and the grading itself. So. <clears throat> Is there, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't look like there's too much difference in the actual slab, like between these two. I don't know if this is going to even focus. Um, I think they're comparable in size, uh, right. like PSA cases. I uh, do believe that our fit in those cases, uh, team bags, same thing. Uh, so size wise comparable. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to keep uh, We've got the, those are the 35 points that I think you have there done. Uh, we've okay. got five, we've got the 130 and the 180. Um, but again, and then as far as the label goes, right. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't rocket science for me. I'm just pointing out the obvious for me. Right. So it, it does look similar to a black label, like a BGS slab, right. A black label. Have you gotten that at all? Where people yeah. Like, hey. First came to market. You know, and guys were taking swings and forms and posts. Yeah, it's a, it's an easy shot. Um, again, there was no intent whatsoever to design sure. look like a black label. Uh, the black and the gold stemmed from the laser engraving. And when you're laser engraving, the other options are gold, right? Uh, which, okay. you know, looks like the BGS standard, you know, 9.5 uh, or silver with standard 9. So, right. you know, those were the three options. The, the intention is far from to duplicate or replicate. Um, you know, again, we wanted the focus to be on the cards themselves and the grading. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so there's a guy on uh, Instagram, Carter Christian. Um, Carter Christian, let me look real quick. He's like a huge advocate for um, FCG. Um, so we're, we're in like a Bowman group chat on Instagram. Let me see. Let me find Joe Christian. You know, I don't know his first name, and that's bad on my part. Let me just uh, let's see. It's uh, Carter Christian Card Collection. Um, but yeah, so he he's been like in our group chat. He's always advocating for you guys and for people to give it a try um, because of the turnaround times and how nice the slabs are and the label as well. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm completely transparent. If I don't like something, I don't like it. And uh, like, so for me, so I mean, for me, and I'll be honest, like I, I really thought CSG was onto something because their, their slabs are really nice. They're crystal clear. 
um, people hate the label, right? And then, like, for me, like, I, I hate SGC. I don't like their slab. I don't like their label at all. Um, it looks cheap, but your your slab is, I mean, it, it does, to me, look like a PSA slab, but it's nice in hand. It's familiar, right? And uh, and the label's, the label's nice. And the one thing I like that you mentioned earlier when we were talking before we um, went live was uh, – how you guys have already improved your label, right? Because you said this one wasn't taking, people weren't able to take photos as well, right? Right. A little bit too much gold. Uh, and it was causing issue with the reflection of light when guys were going to take pictures and video. So we made that correct about a month and a half ago. Um, okay. And I, in my opinion, at least when we've gotten that kind of feedback, it was, it was a nice improvement. So are, is this, are you guys constantly looking to improve like maybe like the slab too, or are you pretty set on what, what you have going on right now? No, never said on something to the point where if there's enough feedback and it makes sense and it's good feedback where, where we right. would make changes um, or be opposed to making changes. Um, I would tell you at this point in the you know near future, probably going to stick with this slab, um, you know, but there's always room for improvement. Yeah, I mean, I like it, um, and, I, and I appreciate you sending me this one too. I'll definitely um, I'm gonna post this one. But I, so I guess, like for me, you know, because the hobby has turned into so much more than collecting. It's like a, a tangible investment for a lot of people. I mean, sure. even for me, like the the ROI on cards is ridiculous. Um, but like, like for me, I just give you background. Like I, I like to trade up, right? So I'm constantly looking for ways to trade, or if I can make a buck on something, just to get something in my in my collection that I really want. Um, so, like I was saying, I, I graded like, gosh, maybe 300 cards with the CSG because I was like, you know, they they have that history with the TCG stuff, the Pokemon stuff. I think they're gonna do it right. And, and what I found was they grade super hard like and and they're not doing the um ai stuff like you guys are no At least well, they haven't, they haven't the, said that we don't do ai right it was a okay put out oh, okay okay videos kind of nudging one of the other companies because i got you yeah they, yep, yep. they haven't shown it uh, we're using the scopes the overhead magnifying lamps um but no no ai on our side okay I, yeah so that went right over my head sorry no but so but no regardless so but like csg they're their grading was so difficult that like, I, I think they're like pushing themselves out of the market um, because a lot of people they're, they're like, you know, there's not going to be any return on your investment when you're like, so I'll just give you an example out of the 300 cards I graded with them. I didn't get a single 10. Um, if anything, I got more nines, eights and eight fives than anything else. And then with PSA and even BGS, I would say my gem rate's probably like 70 to 85%, right? Because I, I look at everything, fine tooth comb, I wipe them down. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty spot on, like when I know a card's going to gem or not. Uh, so like, I, I just think that hurts them just because that's what people are doing. You know, they're looking to slab and sell. I mean, I, I obviously can't speak to, to what their standards are. Obviously, right. I'm familiar with that, you know, kind of reputation, so to speak, right. picked up on, you know, if, if, you know, the hobby has its own standards, right. Um, and if you're grading way under or way over that, you know, people are going to notice that. Um, so, I mean, as a collector myself and, and the way we operate FCG, 
obviously as a collector, we're very familiar with, you know, the standards. So right. I, we fall within that range of what's acceptable. Uh, I don't think that we grade hard, right? That would be the perception based upon the equipment. Equipment allows us to see everything. That's right. the scopes, uh, the screens, you know, versus sitting there with a loop all day trying to stare at, you know, 50, 100 cards. I mean, it's just much easier to blow it up and on the, have it on the screen. No, I, I think there's something to be said for grading hard. And then I think what you guys are doing is grading accurately. <laughs> right. That's you, kind of what, you, <laughs> so. I mean, I, I mean, that's what I'm seeing. Right. And that, so, and that's why, like, for me, like I was saying, like BGS was always my favorite because I, I like the, the centering, the edge, the surface and the core grades. And then if you get like a, a wildly, wildly off number, you can always look at it. Right. So that's what I, I like what you guys are doing um, as far as being accurate. Not hard. Especially on the modern stuff. I mean, right. When, when a, you know, a gem versus uh, just a mint card, nine versus a nine, five can change the value of a card by thousand dollars. I mean, you right. would think that people would want more information about their cards, whether, Absolutely. It, whether it be in the form of subgrades uh, the note sheet that we provide, you know, more information, just more, you know. Yeah, uh, you want the accuracy, especially when you're you're talking thousands of dollars, like you're saying. And that's the biggest misconception with PSA that people don't understand is they they actually, you know, on their website it says the eye appeal is a factor to them. So they fully accept the human error portion of grading um, and put it out there, you know. And I just, as a collector. Um, I'm more interested in the accuracy, not someone's opinion. So, well, I mean, you've been doing this long enough. I've been doing this long enough. Trends. There's trends in the hobby, right? And right. I think you said something about guys doing their research and their snobs. I, I would add to that that a, some people, not a lot of people, but there there's a tendency to just follow the crowd yep. and not do any due diligence whether it has to do with grading or not, you know, it could be as simple as, you know, what players you're buying, you know, you'll see a player, you know, one or two guys are buying a guy, you know, who knows, maybe it's for PC, maybe they know something you don't. And, and then the next thing you look up, you know, that guy's cards have shot up, you know, t twofold and everybody's looking for them. You right. know, it, there's nothing necessarily special about the player, but you know, it's just guys following what other guys are doing. And I, yep. I think, a lot of that in the hobby today, more so than there was over the last couple of years, um, where there's a lot of guys offering unsolicited advice. Oh, a ton of it every day. <laughs> I think that is one of the biggest problems in the hobby is that no matter where you look on Facebook or Instagram, somebody just somebody can't resist sharing their opinion. And yeah, it's a lot of following the herd. Um, and, one, and you said you're a Bowman guy, right? And I, and I love Bowman prospecting. Uh, so I think a great example of that is the Dodgers, when Bowman Chrome came out, for whatever reason, everyone was chasing Luis Rodriguez. Right. But but Bowman Diaz is ranked higher. So I was like, I, this is not making any sense to me. I, I don't know if people were just in love with this well, signature. Obvious. The hobby loves power, right? Bowman yeah. Diaz necessarily have the power. Rodriguez does. Uh, right. Rodriguez strikes out a lot. Uh, but the question is, you know, whether Diaz is going to hit 20 home runs a year. And, and the answer to that is maybe, probably not. Right. You know, the hobby well, right. like the power. Yeah. I, and I, 
we're talking about 17 year olds. So for all of them, it's a maybe, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot they got to put together to right. get to the 20 home, home run point. Um, and that, that's what I find fascinating also is like, you know, gosh, even like right now it's been driving me nuts the last couple of weeks is all these like baseball America, all the scouting rankings are so none of them are even close to being together. And I'm like, well, these guys aren't playing. I mean, I know minor leagues just started up, but I'm like, how are they ranking all these guys? off their Instagram videos or just watching them warm up or, or uh, practice in the DR. And that's how they're making them. It makes no sense. That, that last list that I caught there, there was some weird stuff on there. Um, but, you know, uh, but it, like we were talking about there, there's a lot of, a lot of unsolicited advice. Uh, there's a lot of pumping going on, um, oh, yeah. whether it's for people's own benefit or just, you know, I, I, I don't know, but, I would just encourage people to do their own own due diligence, whether it's buying, grading, whatever it may be. Um, you know, trends are trends. And, you know, uh, it's not a knock on PSA, but with the Chrome guys especially, you know, BGS reigned king for yep. longest. Um, and I, I like to think it's because of the, you know, the subgrades and stuff like that. Um, but... You know, you've got guys that are in the hobby for three to six months at this point, giving advice, you know, like PSA's king. They always have and always will be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It makes and no so, sense. Right. And that wasn't the case. And, and it no. made case going forward. But, you know, you get enough of these guys that, you know, are putting out their narrative, you know, and people following that narrative, they start beating the drum and, and all of a sudden it becomes a reality. So. Yeah. I would just encourage people to be careful because when trends change, you know, if, if you've got that uh, and the market wants something else, you know, you're going to be left holding the bag. That's all. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. So for you guys, do you pay attention at all how your cards slab are, are selling on eBay? Yeah. Like we, whether, like the, the value it's bringing to the, the resale market at all? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you can't ignore that. Um, at this point, it's it's player specific, it's card specific, it's grade specific. Uh, we've got enough of an audience that our stuff is doing well, right? But it just depends on on what stuff you're talking about. Um, right. We started off, we set the bar a little bit higher for ourselves. Uh, we went after experienced collectors with higher end cards. So at this point, that's kind of what our base is comprised of. Okay. Uh, so, you know, for example, if you, if you've got a, you know, a blue refractor Volpe gem 9.5, you know, that thing's probably going to come in pretty close to a light graded BGS card. Uh, okay. you know, if you've got a third tier prospect in a FCG eight, five, right. Uh, you know, all and selling on eBay, all bets are off just being real, right. you know, yeah. Will we get to that point? Yes, but it goes to what we were talking about earlier, expanding our base, doing it organically, right? And and building it the right way for the long haul. Um, you know, the reality of it is, and, and I've had this bias as a collector too, when you see something that you don't know, the immediate reaction is to hell with it. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is, can't be great, is what it is, right? Um, and if you don't do your due diligence on it, you never know what it is right but that's right. kind of the reaction not only to fcg but to some, certain other companies until you've experienced what we do how we do it and you do a little bit of due diligence and it's not lost on me we're just another acronym right, right. 
But when you do the digging, and that's why we've been as transparent as we have been, you know, that we are very accurate and consistent with that accuracy, you know, it just goes to goes to the card, you know, and if you can trust that the card you're getting in an FCG slab is accurately represented by the label, well, then there you go. So then how, so what was the, how did, how did it come about? Like you mentioned getting, getting them in the right hands. Did you leverage partnerships and friendships to say like, Hey, I'm doing this. I'm starting this company. Just give me a shot. You know what I mean? Like, so that, like, even when we were, um, sending messages back and forth. That's why I was like, well, let me pay for one. At least that way it's like, I'm paying for it. Let me get what I get and then we see how it goes. You know what I mean? Is that similar to what you did or not, were you just waiting? Barely. I mean, I don't want to say that my, my reputation in the hobby um, and, you know, knowing people didn't have anything to do with it. Um, but basically what we did is we put the video out after about a month or two of training everybody and, and doing tests and stuff like that. Uh, we put the word out that we would be going live on a certain date. And um, no, I mean, we didn't ask anybody or beg anybody to send cards or anything like that. But I would say a lot of the first round of guys that came in and stepped in uh, were guys, you know, that just know me from the Chrome groups and stuff like right. that. So having that reputation in the hobby did help. I think it, it got us some of the first business that uh, we did take in. Uh, right. And you know, from there, you know, it's it's put up or shut up and produce. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, and I, I didn't mean beg. I just meant like, you know, you, you make friends with people and you know people like you're saying, you know, in the sure. Chrome groups and stuff. And it, it's just more or less of saying like, hey, give us a shot or, you know, try it out and see, see for yourself. Because I... I think that's the biggest thing, um, and that's why I appreciate this so much, is getting these in the hands of people so they right. can physically see them, hold them, touch them, and take a look and judge for themselves. Because it's hard when you're looking at stuff online. You know what I mean? And uh, Exactly. So that's even like when I I was like, I was an advocate for CSG, uh, just on my own accord because I like the slab, like I was saying. So like I would send some of those cheaper ones to people and be like, well, just check it out, you know, because people would be like, Oh, the label's horrendous and this and that. And I was like, well, it's not too bad in hand. You know what I mean? So, like, um, yeah, so that's – this is awesome to actually have it in hand and look at it. Um, so what if I had, like, a monster – I got a monster pull and I wanted it in, like, a one-day turnaround. Do you guys entertain those requests or is it just, like, look, we have a process and this is what it is? Yeah, I mean, we don't charge for it at this point. Um, yeah. It is – people have grades within two to three days. Uh, certain cases, one or two days, most cases, two days or less. Um, but, you know, as far as getting the labels done and all that good stuff, it's it's five business days or less in, in most cases. Um, are there guys that we'll do a solid for if they need something a little quicker? Absolutely. We can bump it. Um, but no, we don't have that express where we, you know, are going to charge somebody five right, hours right. to get their charge. earlier. You know, it's crazy. Man, so that's awesome. So one service level, flat price, and uh, and you're guaranteed to probably get it quicker from what it sounds like. So I, I guess with the Bowman Chrome, so did who are you collecting in Bowman Chrome and then the draft that just came out? Uh, in the recent draft class, um, not not a big fan, to be honest with you. Me either. Uh, they they kind of watered down the product. Uh, I like Brady House because, again, the hobby likes power. Um, yep. But uh, no autos for Brady House uh, in this last batch. I think Benny Montgomery has legs. Um, but, 
there's one big guy I'm missing. Oh, what's his face? Uh, for the uh, for the Red Sox, Meyer. Uh, Meyer. Early on, uh, day two of release, I bought a Red Meyer uh, auto. I think that's literally it. Might be the only card that I have uh, from 2021 draft. Um, Freelich uh, may have legs, but again, what concerns doesn't necessarily have the power. Um, and he's tiny. Yeah, and and he's a little older too, college guy. Right, right. I don't know. Uh, 2020 draft monster product. Obviously, uh, you got guys like Veen, Torque, yeah. uh, Soderstrom. Uh, there's a handful of others. That's probably one of the biggest products. Um, obviously, Wit 2020 Bowman. Uh, going back to 19, you got Lucy and uh, J Rod and some of the other guys. Yep. So, but yeah, that's pretty much all I do on the personal side. It's just Bowman Chrome first auto type stuff. So, with House not having an auto, so he'll never have a Bowman first auto then. Uh, it'll they try to sneak it in. I don't know that they're, I, well, I, I don't think they're going to label it as a first. So, it'd be like a Suli Matias, if you yeah. know. Um, uh, Brennan Davis, right? Brennan Davis was another one. I think he was the same. Who's the kid? O'Neill uh, for. Yeah. Pirates, I think, was the same O'Neill Cruz. Yeah. Uh, so I think what the hobby will do is they'll treat the first auto, whether it says first, Bowman first or not, as the first, you know, right. first auto type thing for value purposes. Oh, the Lawler kid, too. A lot of people like him in the draft. Yeah. I mean, I think that injury uh, hurts a little bit. Um, he's a little bit older for that draft class. I think he's already 20 um, and not having – he may be 19. I might be wrong. Uh, but 19 or 20. And, uh, you know, getting his first couple of at-bats last year and then that being it sets him behind a year for development purposes. Uh, right. so, I don't know. I, I stayed clear of of the 2021 draft. I think Myers is going to be great. Um, and, you know, I just I allocated my personal resources to some of the other stuff because you know how it works. You know, new product comes in. Everybody's breaking it. Everybody's buying mm -hmm. and everybody forgets about the other stuff. And yep. so. Guys will raise cash by selling some of the other stuff, the older stuff, so they can buy some of the new stuff. And that's when sometimes you can get a deal on some of the previous years, some of the stuff that maybe you've been looking for. Yeah, I, I went with the uh, the Bowman Chrome guys. Um, so I, I, like, I went heavy with Polanco, um, Kevin made for just because I got him in a box. And then Tovar, I went heavy on Tovar too. Um, and not not with what everyone else did with like the uh, – Christian Hernandez and those guys. So yeah. I try I try to look for like the lower end guys that I can like get good value for my money. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean all these products lately have been coming out so hot out the gate. You know what I mean? That it's weird because at one point, you know, those 2021 draft guys were selling better than some of the 2020 Bowman draft yep. guys. 2020 Bowman draft guys had a year of production under their belt in the minors. And, you know, some of these guys from 2021 obviously didn't. And I thought there was better value to look back to the 2020 draft in that case. Have you guys had anybody send any uh, Wander Franco to you guys yet from the tops? Yeah, we've done a couple of the tops. Obviously, we've done a bunch of the Bowman uh, stuff to, at this point, uh, but some of the top stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. how's, how's that stuff grading, the S1? Everything I've got looks pretty centered so far. Uh, I've heard rumors that there's a lot of off-centered stuff with that product. Again, I'm quasi-separated from the grading. Um, and yeah. I haven't really taken a look. I, I personally don't do tops, so I haven't looked at it from that aspect. Oh, really? Not at all? Mm -mm. I, I literally just do Bowman Pro. That's just it. Bowman, that's it. Oh, okay. That's yeah, so yeah, the the tops, um, 
I'm, I like Wander. Um, so I, I went after all the SPs, the short print stuff, and all That's of his foil. So, you know, Tops did the uh, – they introduced, like, all these foil board cards. Like, there's, like, a green, an orange. Mm-hmm. Um, every single one of those I've seen online in like Off Center. Back. Yeah. But I, you know, because I, I cruised through the posts and stuff like that on Facebook, I saw that there was a bunch of, not rumors going on, but there was enough comments about the stuff being off center. Yeah, and it's just mass produced like no other. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. Um, but, but that's why I was like, I'm gonna just go with the short print stuff. But then dude, there's a ton of it on eBay too. So yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, you see guys knocking. Guys collecting the flagship stuff, whether it's mass produced or not, you know, not everybody has the same budget. Right. Know? And, and the reality of it is it's a hobby, not yep. in it to make a buck. <laughs> you know, uh, there's people that collect cards for the sake of enjoying them and collecting them, you know, yep. uh, to each their own and, you know, kind of let people do what they want to do, you know? Yeah. Yes. What, so what's your philosophy then? Do you um, keep, a lot of the stuff in your collection or, or how do you go about your collection? Yeah, I'm not a big seller. So I, once a card ends up with me, it usually stays with me. Uh, I'll trade more than sell just because days it's hard to, with the cash. I mean, it's hard to go find somewhere to put it, you know, right. especially with the lower parallel stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm more of a long-term hold guy. And that doesn't mean that buying and flipping is wrong either, you know, but right. Per- right. I'm a buy and hold guy. And if I'm going to move stuff, it'll, it'll usually be to trade for something else that I want. Yeah, no, I'm the same. I, uh, I like to trade for like, so the last year I've been focusing on like getting like uh, LeBron rookies, just stuff that I think is undervalued. Sure. Like Tom, I, I think Tom Brady stuff is still super undervalued. Um, so that's what I've been doing is trying to get stuff that I can walk away and forget about it and that I won't want to move. Um, right. And then recent, recently I've been like obsessed with uh, Bowman first orange, like any orange first auto. I've just been like, they're a great looking card. I, I would yeah. say the orange and probably the blue are my two favorite parallels. Uh, they're yeah. just good looking cards, you know, and that blue, you know, for, for financial reasons or at least the liquidity in the market you know some guys again everybody has their own budget blue is the top of the mark for some guys at least yep. the omen crowd so you get a little bit of a premium out of that blue you know it's not just 2x 25x or whatever it used to right, be right you know that blue is is you know there's a lot of action in that blue parallel yeah people love the blue especially if it's like a, a dodger or a cubs like those unions. do you have a favorite team no, not necessarily. Uh, I, I more so collect based upon the individual. And I try to I get gotcha. out. We're here in Dallas, uh, so we've got the Rough Riders out here, double-A team. Uh, okay. so take my kid out. We got to go see Witt play last year, Abrams, J-Rod, uh, obviously the Rangers guys, Sam Huff, some of the uh, Apostle. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm more a fan of the uh, the player. Although Players. if I team based upon my collection, uh, it's probably the Mariners. I've got a fair okay. J-Rod stuff, Noel V. Marte. Uh, I like the catcher. Uh, speaking of the 2021 draft class, I thought he was going to be a sleeper, uh, and people w- he would kind of go under the radar, but apparently not. Uh, his stuff is nuts. Um, Kalanick, or Kelnick, obviously. And then they've got some really good pitching uh, in the farm, too. So I think going forward, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with over the next 
decade. For sure. For so. so the 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 red uh Meyer auto you have, did you grade that with FCG? I don't know if I missed that. No, so I have a, a personal deal that I, I will not bring that type of scrutiny to FCG. We will not okay. do stuff. Uh we could videotape it, we could do everything, you know, transparently in the wide open, and you're still gonna have guys popping off making accusations. Uh, whether baseless or not, I would prefer and do prefer not to open us up to that type of stuff. Okay. For that reason, we will not touch or grade my parts. Huh. Well, I, yeah, I guess that's one way. I didn't think about it that way. Um, even if you're completely transparent, you're right. Someone would say it was set up or, you know, it was predetermined before you even did anything. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Right? Huh. So you just keep everything raw then now? Yeah. For the most part, um, stuff that I acquire raw, yes. Um, right, right. I say that I won't grade. Uh, you know, I'm a Beckett guy personally. Uh, most Chrome guys were, are, I yep. don't know, are, were. Um, but uh, that's not to say in the future I wouldn't grade with them. Um, you know, again, I, I started to see a lot of inconsistency out of there during the pandemic. I stopped grading with them. Uh, but, you know, who knows? They get it together. I, need something graded i wouldn't be opposed to it um, a lot of people new to the hobby don't realize that 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 was the go-to you know for for the chrome um, for the chrome for sure yeah psa was used uh for off-center stuff and bad autographs and that's yep. it and that 10 10 thing was kind of a joke between some of us you know i wonder it if really was I, yeah because 96 percent of autographs are tens anyway so what type of premium right. that you know a nine would obviously take away value but a yeah. 10, 10 wasn't even a thing. It was a joke between some of us whether uh, people would actually pay a premium. For that. <laughs> uh, they do. It's crazy. I, I can't. I, I personally can't stand the 10, 10 thing. Um, what, so for, for autograph grades, do you guys put it on the back of your slabs? No, it's to the right. So to the right. Okay. Exactly. Everything's on the front. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm like I said, I, BGS is just, I don't know what they're doing. Um, they're definitely leaving a lot of uh, business and, and, and ground share for another company to come in. Um, and I, I'll give you an example is uh, my buddy in a break at a Kevin made, um, it was a red shimmer auto. And, uh, and I was like, I want it because I like Kevin made. And he's like, well, I'm going to send it to BGS. So we paid the 250 bucks um, or 200, whatever it was. And they sent it back to him and said that the auto was traced. And he was like, it was literally pack pulled, put in a top loader, and I sent it to you. How the hell was it traced? Right. Uh, and, uh, and they just had no answer. So then he sent it to PSA. They got the 1010. And then he sent to his rep at BGS pictures of it. And it was like, this is ridiculous. How can you guys say it's traced? They gave a 1010. Like, it's crazy. We had something similar happen. Uh, we had a PSA, uh, I think it was a PSA 8 Green Wander that was sent to us for a cracking cross. Um, we filmed it. We filmed the cracking, the grading, the whole nine yards. Uh, anyway, somebody, uh, the original gentleman who graded it with us sold it on eBay. Uh, the gentleman who bought it cracked it again, uh, sent it to BGS for a cross. BGS came back saying it was altered. So uh, not only had PSA, us and PSA, authentic or measured and done and graded right same situation uh becky came back and, and really had no explanation as to you know what why they came back the way that they did and that's not a knock on them either i mean you got to look at it like this right for every card or case that comes up as 
uh, wow, look at that and look at that. It's bad. You know what I mean? There's right. thousands of cards that come out of places like that, if not more, that are done perfectly fine. Yep. But when you're buying high-end stuff or any type of stuff, because, you know, high-end maybe a hundred bucks to somebody, right. you know, the importance of the, the consistency of the grading is just really important. I mean, when you lose sight of that and you start paying premiums, you know, and you're not getting what you thought you were getting. I mean, that's, that's. Yeah. The accuracy of it all. What did, uh, so how often do you guys see the card trimming or, um, is there a way to pick up on if people are using wax to cover up, um, things like that? Can you guys pick that up with your With the stuff process? that we're using, the equipment that we're using, it's actually pretty easy. Um, on the trim stuff, on the chrome, for example, it le you can see the metal on the edges. Right. So shines on the um on the scope with the light so trimming is pretty easy uh we also do the measurement of the cards for the two and a half by three and a half uh we do um we do the measurement on the screen and the penny sleeve um but the wax leaves behind depending on how they go about doing it um it can leave behind either like heat marks right or in certain cases residue white residue right so, um it's pretty easily detected, at least with the equipment that we're using. Do you guys just send those cards back to the people or do those get like destroyed? We're not going to destroy other people's property. Okay. Uh, we mark it as uh, altered uh, or trimmed or whatever it may be. It gets packaged and sent back to them. We, we don't have the authority or truthfully, I get right. the, the desire to destroy somebody's card. Yeah, um, property. Yeah, that's really, I don't think it's right. And, you know, I, I like to think that that's where it ends with them with that card and they'll put it away type thing. Um, I, I don't, I like to think that people aren't going to then try to, you know, sell it raw through a consignment like that, just to pass it off to somebody else. Yeah. I've, you know, it just, yeah, you, I always try to think people in a good light, but you know, there's always those people out there. And it seems like sometimes if you're following on Instagram that, seems almost like weekly that there's somebody that comes up with like, Hey, they did this or did that. And, uh, I mean, it's a whole different world in the hobby these days. I mean, over the last yeah. 12 months, there's just so much, I don't want to say so much negativity. I, I guess the negativity gets brought to light more so than anything else. Um, there's a lot more backbiting and arguing, you know, I guess than there used to be. Right. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I would just encourage everybody to realize and, Yes, there's money involved, but it's a hobby. And for a lot of us, this is an escape from, you know, work and, and other stuff. And, you know, right. just want to have a good time. And, uh, yeah, exactly. What so, so what do you think about as far as the hobby goes with the price of the cards, right, and the boxes? And, like, I think I saw Jumbos were, like, 1200 bucks from Home and Draft already. Like, I, I just – my personal feeling that it's, like, it's not sustainable. And it's like, who are these people that are still ripping this stuff at this price, regardless of how much they love collecting cards? You know what I mean? Right. So it gets to a point where the cards, you know, aren't, aren't worth what's in the box. You know, you're always going to have that risk where, you know, you have a bad box or a bad case and, and you don't recoup your value. Right. Right. But it gets to the point where, you know, even if you get a hit, what you're chasing, you know, a, a gold or a blue, something like that, and it doesn't recoup the case uh, cost of the box, you know. Right. Um, I think it's it's the breakers that are driving a lot of the demand. Um, you know, I think guys would rather gamble a little bit 
have a good time and turn it into entertainment than to go, you know, spend 1200 bucks on a box themselves. So, um, you know, I, th I think it's the market will take care of itself. You know, if it gets to the point where, you know, you can't make money in a break or opening wax or cases, you know, guys, guys will let everybody know and they'll stop buying at that price. At least, you know, I think you'll right. find equilibrium, you know, eventually. So, but I agree with you. The the cost of wax is is prohibitive in certain products for a lot of people. I mean, I, for me, it, like I was talking about with the Wanders, you know, like even Top's flagship went from that was like a dirt cheap product to like it just you see the prices just escalating exponentially. So that's like for me, I made the conscious decision of I was like, well, I can buy four Wander short prints, right, instead of buying a case where I might get one. And I'm only chasing the ones. I'm I'm like full in on buying singles and grading the stuff I want as opposed to just ripping endless amounts of wax. I still do here and there, you know, because it's fun to open. Sure. Uh, both both of my sons are already graduated and moved out, but my daughter's a sophomore, and it's like I enjoy that time with her, and she likes to open cards and see what she gets. And you I know, her a lot of that price demand is driven by that that follower mentality, you know. Yeah the first couple of wanders and i think one even snuck out graded before even official release you know and you see on ebay where it's going for thousands and thousands of dollars uh, it happened with mac jones um, yeah. what concerns me is when it's market manipulation right um that causes that artificial demand and then you get everybody piling in because again they don't do their due diligence they're just buying because everybody else is buying I think that's unhealthy. And if that yeah. is driving price, that's a problem. Uh, obviously, that's not sustainable. But then you've got guys that are spending that money out there thinking they're doing the right thing that are eventually just going to be left holding the bag. And that's that's where people get hurt and people you know, lose the hobby. Uh, interesting. Right. And that, that's not a good thing. I think there should should be I think people should act responsibly um, and, you know, pay attention something doesn't look right, probably not right. Um, if somebody's pushing something too hard, they may have an agenda, <laughs> um, you know, but. Uh, right, right. No, I, no, I agree. I appreciate you saying that because uh, I think that responsibility part is people are, are turning a blind eye to that because of the amount of money coming into the hobby. I mean, I don't know if you've been on whatnot at all. No. That's, that, that is just like a, so basically people put stuff up for auction and it's a live bid, right? Um, but but like the more people that are bidding, the price goes up crazy, like crazy high. So you could be bidding on something thinking like, I, I want to be in like the 150 range for this, right? But if 20 other people are bidding on it at the same time, the price just jumps. So you could go from hitting, uh, yes, I want to bid at 150 and then all of a sudden it's 350 and you're like locked into that. Um, and that's, and people are doing that a lot. See, my, my thing is the guys who know what they're doing in the hobby, a lot of them, they, they just mind their own business. Yep. And when those guys are just minding their own business, you've got guys that don't necessarily have people's best interest in mind and, or don't have the experience in the hobby driving the narrative. And yep. you've got nobody there to not that you know, it's anybody's job or responsibility to police it, you know, but a lot of guys that are veterans in the hobby, again, they just mind their own business. 
and, and there's no voice of reason when weird stuff is happening, you know, whether it be right. whatever. Um, and then again, the dangerous part is that that trend, if you get enough guys following it, it becomes reality. Oh, yeah. That's it's a scary thing. No, it really is. I mean, that's uh, there's been so much talk about Zion, right? And then like the base prism PSA 10, how it's like thousands of them. And then it goes back to what you were saying. So that Wander snuck out that PSA 10, I think it sold for 2,500 or something ridiculous. Literally the next day you have someone like uh, Ben Baller. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but uh, so he was like a DJ. Anyways, he's like a, a huge celebrity influencer. Um, he posted the next day, like another Wander PSA 10 and he's like pop two. And I'm like, dude, right. It's pop two of a base card that there's going to be thousands of. Right. And he's just, and he's not giving any knowledge or background or telling people like, Hey, this isn't something you probably want to do because a year from now, it'll probably be 40 bucks a pop because there's going to be thousands of them. Right. And I mean, look, he's got the right to do that. I mean, he's maybe to make a profit. Who knows? You know, he's he's invested in PSA. Right. Well, that too. But a lot of people, you know, look, you're entitled to make money in the hobby. Right. But again, it falls back on the individual to do their own due diligence. Right. Follow the crowd for sake of following the crowd. You got to understand a lot of times people have their own best interest in mind. And, you know, again, a lot of the guys that, you know, are looking at the thread being like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't touch that. They're not going to come out and say it. You know, they mind their own, you know, so you've got four or five other guys, egg and yawn, you know, that maybe have less experience than you do. Um, And, you know, you end up with a bad, bad pulling of the trigger, so to speak. Yeah, no, yeah, it's definitely a blind leading the blind mentality. Of course. So uh, back to the grading at FCG, what, what's like the biggest top five cards you guys have graded come through there? Uh, off the top of my head, uh, we did a Gold Wander uh, first. Wow. Uh, one. Uh, we did a uh, True RPA Josh Allen uh, to 99. Uh, we did a Trout first. Um, we've done, I don't know, I'm trying to think, a uh, bunch of orange uh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, orange uh torkelson's uh some orange veins uh some orange jordan walkers uh we did a red uh shimmer uh bobby witt jr first wow so some really nice mahomes stuff a lot of a lot of nice wit stuff too um you know my my thing when we went to market you know certain companies you know when you see their slabs all you see is five ten dollar twenty dollar cards in their slabs right not not what we wanted to be and we right. so what we did when we went to market at the time we were at 35 bucks a card and we caught a lot of heat for it it's like hey you're new you know why would you price there well it was done intentionally to ensure that only certain types of cards ended up in our slabs right and, uh you know i think it was a good decision in hindsight and since we've actually lowered the price but i'll tell you the average card that we grade is probably about 200 bucks so um and we've picked up a reputation as such for grading higher end stuff so um but yeah we've seen a lot of really nice stuff here um and i like to think that we've we've done right by those customers and then we've we've done our job and and properly and accurately graded them yeah you know as we've been talking i keep i keep picking up the slide you sent me and looking at it and i don't i don't see anything like i don't see anything i dislike about it um 
I think like what you said, the, the your price point is, is spot on, right? Like it's kind of weird how maybe someone said that it was too high to start off with, but I think it's a perfect price point now, right? In hindsight, I'm looking at everything when PSA is at 50, I think BGS, their, their cheapest is 16. You have no idea when you're going to get it back. This, right. is, this, is, a, this is a great bulk. option. Yeah, we've got it as low as 20 in bulk. So it's wow. top of the mark right now is 29 bucks. Uh, for between one and 20 cards, uh, 21 to 50 is 20 bucks, uh, from 50 to 99 is 24. And then if you do a hundred plus at a shot, uh, it's $20 a card. And again, it's all okay. autograph, uh, with the subgrades, um, the whole nine yards with the grading sheet. Um, and again, you're getting consistency and accuracy and, you know, for the fact that we've been in the market for less than a year, you know, the price action and some of our stuff, you know. I'm, I'm very pleased with what's going on. Yeah. And I, I appreciate it. I'm going to um, look through my grading pile um, and put my money where my mouth is and, and look hard at the cards I'm going to send, but I'm going to send a couple your way and see how it goes for myself. Um, so we, we've been talking for about an hour. Is there, is there anything else you kind of wanted to hit on or is there anything we missed that you think maybe we should talk about? No. Uh, I mean, I, th I think that pretty much covers it. You know, I, I think the way, you know, is just enjoy the hobby, you know, right. anybody out there, you know, do your own due diligence, enjoy the hobby. And uh, it's basically a treat each other with respect and, and be nice to people. That's all. I appreciate, I, I appreciate that. When is, uh, so what's the, what's the plan moving forward for you guys? Are you guys going to shows? Like, are you going to be at nationals? Not nationals. Uh, we're a little late to the party. You got to be very early to to get space at that party. Uh, we've got the okay. Dallas show that we've been doing for the last four or five shows uh, this weekend. Uh, we've got a show coming up, I think, the weekend after that in Louisiana. Uh, okay. We've got a show that we're going to be doing in Kansas City, um, and then I think there's a there's a couple more too. Um, so we'll be out at the shows. Uh, we're going to be releasing a true RCR, an encapsulated RCR with void sticker uh, that we do with subgrades on site. Uh, so that'll be neat. Um, again, same equipment, same process of evaluation that we use for the graded stuff, slab stuff. Uh, we'll be doing for the subgraded RCR. Um, but uh, we're moving into our new building uh, within the next couple of days. Uh, we've got some additional space so we can start to beef up on uh, the labeling team, slabbing team, and some of the other departments. Uh, at that point, we're going to be looking to uh, put together partnerships with LCSs throughout the country, uh, some additional breakers and uh, group sub guys. So okay. I continue to do this organically and, uh, you know, take it slow and the right way. What, so what are those partnerships? Like you've mentioned it a couple of times. What, what is the partnerships with the LCSs? So we, we've got bulk submission relationships. Uh, we're okay. got uh, bulk works, but uh, guys will aggregate cards uh, and uh, submit them in in bulk for multiple customers at the same time. Uh, so we've got multiple bulk submission relationships in place now. Uh, we're going to look to expand upon that in the future. And, um, yeah, that's basically it. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. How, and uh, how are those been going with the, with those relationships with the LCSs? They've been open They've been open to you guys coming in and, and giving this a try? Oh, yeah, by all means. So uh, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, Doug Ayers uh, is out in Canada. Uh, started up, in, I think, in January or December, late December, maybe it was. Uh, but he's working on side for us uh the last submission for doug i think was like 380 cards oh wow 
he built a network of card shops uh, locally in his area, um, just customers that happen to be local to him, uh, but 380 cards on his last submission for February. Uh, we work with, uh, I don't want to leave anybody out, but like Dusty Baker over at Subhub um, and some other guys too. Um, a lot of breakers. Um, so I don't, I don't want to name names because I don't want to leave anybody out because there's a bunch of places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. With the breakers, would it be like if they pull something big, it would give like the, the customer an option to send straight to you guys through them? Uh, yeah. That okay. Oh, that's cool. Well, cool, Matt. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Um, like I said, I, I'm a full believer that I, and I want someone to come in and, and be in that top three with the uh, uh, BGS and PSA, which I think most people would say they're the top two, not because of uh, that they're necessarily the best, just because of their longevity and history in the hobby. You know what I mean? Um, I know people are saying SGC is making a push, but I, I just can't stand their slabs at all personally. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for you and I, and I appreciate the time. Um, I, I respect everything you said. I, I like all the positive things you said um, about the hobby and, and dealing with people. And, and I have a lot of respect for that. Um, thank you for coming on. My pleasure, Don. Appreciate you taking the so, time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll send some cards your way next week. So thank you. Cool. Sounds good, brother. Yeah. Take care. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Break and Wax podcast. Please, if you enjoyed it, share it. Um, send the link out. Put it on your story. I welcome all feedback and comments. Send me a message. Let me know what you're thinking about, what you want to talk about. And if you want to be a guest on the show, I answer all my DMs. I think it's weird when people don't. That's another story for another day. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate the support and all the love. Peace. Peace.